Welcome to Sims and Lefko. Fendrick is doing Instagram Live. As always, you can follow us on Instagram at Sims and Lefko. Yes, you can. Sims, you love Instagram Live. I do love Instagram Live. It's important to my job, but I don't ever go on it. It's very <laughs> important, so keep looking at it. So, wait, so this is... I don't even... I'm not even trying to be funny here. Like, I didn't even... I don't think I knew they had Instagram Live. You didn't know that on Instagram you could go live? I didn't know it could go, go live. live now. I don't even think I realized that. The uh, social media landscape Damn. loves to, to take things and run with them. So when it was Facebook Live and, yes. and uh, Twitter had Periscope and Meerkat. And right. Instagram does Instagram Live. Meerkat. You never heard of that? Well, I like Meerkats. Meerkat died oh, when Periscope I used was to good. like the show Meerkat Manor. Meerkat yeah, Manor. Was great show. Great stuff. Great show. You ever been around Meerkats? They're pretty cool. I have. Haven't. Yes. Speaking of animals, yes. we do have our battle coming up later in the show. <laughs> Even though they're not animals. Even they're not animals. <laughs> they're going to be battling. Patriots versus Buccaneers. We are going to call Phil Sims in a little bit. Apparently, he's at a commercial shoot yes. for a bank. Yes. His with... investor bank commercial. You ever seen that uh, no. cheesy commercial he does with Boomer? No. How does you it go? You've never seen that? Where, like, where do you put your money, fat exactly. boy? Exactly. Something yeah, like that. Right, yeah. right. And dad's like, oh, he wears a green sweater for uh, investor bank. He's like, I look good in green. And they Just, go, what play would you run? And he goes, I'd run the waggle waggle. <laughs> it's hilarious. So we're going to invade their commercial. Yes. And then he will be judging Patriot versus Buccaneer. Sims will be the Patriot. I will be the Buccaneer. Right. Uh, me and Sims just got into a furious 45-minute argument about Kanye West. It wasn't an argument. We, I it's mean, just loud talking loud that talking. people in the office I'm walked by and said. I'm not going to get said, mad at Kanye West. Like We've reached a point but, where you and I can yell at each other and yes. then afterwards go, we're good. People I know. Got really nervous. It makes me feel good, though. Yeah, people in the office get nervous because we're like the only people yelling. Yeah, well, we have the biggest mouse in the office, let alone yeah. when we're yelling. But we it makes me feel good you said that, man. It makes me feel like I'm part of the tribe. That's a tribe thing right there. Do you believe that Jewish people it? argue? Well, just because you've seen me, Fendrick, and former Mark Oh, Cohen. yeah, I only grew up in North Jersey. There was no Jews okay. there. I mean, I've never seen any. You guys are the first three species on the planet I've ever seen. That's <laughs> the, right. Uh, <laughs> the Instagram Live commenters were asking about Adam's long-ass T-shirt. Long-ass that was, T-shirt. That was the comment we got. But damn, I like these long it's styling. It I is. like it, man. Listen, is that a sauce? It uh, it might be an ASOS. I think ASOS. It's an That's where Woody is buys so much of our clothes. Okay, yeah. uh, I want to give a shout out. We said on Monday, man, maybe we should do our own draft party in New York. Right. I put it on Instagram, put it on Twitter, and the reaction has been so amazing. Incredible. Since. And you're not on social. No. I'm talking about people from Macedonia, Austria. Argentina, Australia, Ireland, England, Pakistan, Jamaica, California, Florida, everywhere saying, I'm buying tickets, let me know. Guys, we were just putting out the idea, but I think it might have to happen. So stay tuned. Like, I'm, I was watching, um, Billions. I don't know if you watch Billions. Yeah, that's you know that that takes place right in my backyard. Right, right. You okay? You knew that. I didn't yeah. Know that. Well, the main guy in Billions, and I'm catching up on the second season. He said, you know, lean into your fear. I'm just gonna put it out there right now. Yeah. The scary thing when you're doing a podcast is being like, we're gonna do a live show and people are gonna show up, and you're like, I, I know that thousands of you guys are like messaging with all the time, but you get scared. 
fuck being scared, man. Like, if we're going to do... Sorry for the curse, Joe. Uh, <laughs> I think that we could do events wherever it is, and I really believe that you guys are going to show up because I think we're just creating cool conversations with you guys, and I think that you're going to show up because I believe in it. Yeah. So... I'm working towards making this a possibility. I Maybe we stage I, lion versus bear live. Live have do a live stage. fight of lion versus yeah. bear. I'm just, I mean, if everyone's there, <laughs> I don't do that to animals. That's cr- you animal don't cruelty. Do it. Yeah, I just, just let's let's dress up two humans like and a lion go and then they can go. I don't care about the humans' health. That is interesting. That would be That's awesome. Fun. You, it's a lion fan versus a bear fan right. dressed up in and, costume. And they got to fight it out. <laughs> they got to duke Sims, it out. Right. I didn't know you had that kind of marketing. I have creativity. I have some something in this brain. So that was awesome to see, and thank you for engaging with that. We're going to keep that going. We also got something from John Weir of. Nova Scotia, Canada, that I wanted to bring to your attention. Hello, Mr. Weir. He was playing Madden 07 Uh-oh. on his GameCube with his buddies. Uh-oh. And he ended up randomly with the Bucks. And who was the quarterback? Chris Sims. Yeah. Uh, he said that him and his buddy only, don't show him that yet, only ran go routes with Galloway, and they ended up winning. Uh, do you care to guess what, you were 25, what was your overall ranking in Madden? So in this 07? is Madden 07. Yes. Which is really the 06 season, right? Yes. You're 25 years old. Yeah. So it what has was to your be, overall? It has to be a decent one. I'm going to say I'm a... Oof, I don't want to overstate myself. Ooh. I'm going to go 87. You were an 84. Okay. Close. Very what close. was your speed? 78. 63. Damn, that's a little low. <laughs> yo, they thought you were slow. Now, the two most important ones. I had to re-message him and say, yo, bro, what was the throwing power and accuracy? Let's go accuracy first. What do you think your throwing accuracy was in Madden 07? Hmm. I'm going to say that was an 88. You were an 84. Okay. You've literally overshot everything Damn. thus far. Darn it. And this is the one where you base so much of I, good ego. Yes. Like confidence. Right. Can throw throwing it far. Power. Throwing power. What do you power. think they listed your throwing power as? Mother effers. I better be in the 90s. I know that. So what do you think? I'm going to go. I wasn't a superstar, so I understand they're not going to give me like that 98. Or, I'm going to say I was like a 92. You were a 90 throwing power. 90. Okay, so I you're could deal 84 with 84 overall, 90 throwing power, 84 accuracy. There's the screenshot. Look at that picture. And he said that he knew that Sims was a lefty, but on the first play, still ran a play-action rollout to the right and went, crap, he's a lefty. <laughs> See? I didn't know what John Gruden was dealing with. Exactly. This is literally like what drove him crazy for the first year. Also remember, me. if you're 25 in Madden, Madden always puts in like some potential stuff so that if they play with you in franchise mode, you could improve your yeah. Yes, right, right. I, I mean, it's crazy because I, I actually, one of the years, we found that old Madden like in my closet, and my little boy started playing it because, of course, I was in the game, yeah. so he wanted to be able it's to play with me. Dope. It got He got sick of it in a hurry. Because <laughs> the graphics are so <laughs> yeah, bad. The yeah, gameplay. the graphics, and so then he wants to get into the modern-day guys. But, uh, man. He said funny. he only ran uh, go routes with Joey Galloway, and that's how he won. Well, i got to think Joey's speed was probably like a 97 or a 98. I, I mean, think he was a 97. Yeah, he Joey's, cracked the code fast. Joey's was superhuman. I Our mean, number superhuman. for Today's episode is 63. 63. Uh, before we do that, I want to give a shout out to Daniel Jacobs. Uh, you love him. I do. Won his boxing match Won on Saturday. Won his boxing match on awesome. Saturday. Hoping he can get a rematch with Triple G or something like Ooh. that. And we want to go. We're going to go to the next We one. are going to go. If it wasn't the Saturday after the draft where I think we you and I were invited. just, we were dead tired. Like I, I just couldn't even Beat cancer, have the came back, and now he's beating people's butts. No doubt about it. Uh, 63. Any 63s come to mind? 63. The first one that comes to mind is Gene Upshaw. Yes, the he old, was. Um, one of five. 
five Hall of Famers that I found wearing 63. Ooh, five Hall of Famers. That's a good one for me. Okay, so wait. All right, so the 63, I always go to my dad's team. Carl Nelson was a 63. Okay. I don't. I know you don't have him on there. But wait, this is going to... Current 63s right. are Brandon Fusco, Corey Lindsley, and Antonio Garcia of the Patriots. Okay. Random ones that I like. 63 from the Eagles was Hank Fraley. Mm-hmm. Loved him. Good old uh, Hank Fraley. Dwayne Robertson. Damn. Top five pick from the New York Jets. Right, defensive tackle. Wore a 63 out of yes. Kentucky. Uh, random guys in the 90s and 2000s. Jeff Saturday. Right. Do you think he's going to be a Hall of Famer? Ooh, he's going to be close. The yes. Peyton Manning thing will definitely factor yes. in. Dan Connolly, Joanne Druzy, Barrett Robbins. Man. Super Bowl fame. Yep. Brad Meester and Roberto Garza. Okay. But Don't ter- tell me the Hall of Fame. Tell me the teams. So Gene Upshaw. Right. Uh, Hall of Famer, Tampa Bay. Oh, uh, uh, yes. Selvin. Uh, Leroy Selvin. Leroy Selvin, Hall right. Hall of Fame linebacker. Right, exactly right. Pittsburgh. Damn, oh. Offensive linebacker. I know. I'm not going to be able to call, call it. Go ahead. Initials are DD. Oh, Duke Dawson. I mean, uh, no, who is it? Right uh, there. Yeah. Uh, Dermonte Dawson. Dermonte Dawson, yes. Uh, Hall of Fame, Houston Oilers. Offensive line. Oh, Mike Munchak. Mike Munchak. Damn, Munchak. I forgot he was 63, my old coach, yeah. And then a linebacker, I didn't write down what team he's on, Willie Lanier. Oh, Willie Lanier, those Chiefs. Chiefs. Right, when they were winning Super Bowl three and or four and beat the Minnesota Vikings. 63 is interesting because it's giving us offensive linemen, defensive linemen, yeah. linebackers. Linebacker. It's in a weird, right. it's covering a lot of bases. Right, it is. Uh, I would never pick 63. If, would you ever pick 63 if you're an offensive or defensive lineman? Well, I know one number that you wish Sam Darnold wouldn't pick. I was just about to ask <laughs> if you were going to bring it up. I know. And he picked 14. He picked we 14. We had a lot of people going, I was literally listening to the podcast and then heard Sims go, I hate 14, and then he comes on 14. Uh, yeah, I know. I mean, it's his number, so he's identifiable there. It shows you he's certainly not as scared of the history of the number 14 of the New York Jets. Yeah, so why did you say, what is the history? What do you not like about it? Uh, let's see, it's Richard Todd, right, who... It's really had a decent career with the Jets, but is famous for throwing five interceptions in the AFC Championship game to lose to the Dolphins, who the Dolphins then went on to lose to the 49ers in that Super Bowl, right? right? So that was another one. Um, we're, wait, I'm missing another 14, too. Hold on. There's there's a few of them. But um, doesn't that mean that the history has not been written yet and that he can kind of, yeah, I it's feel like easy to jump all I those guys? I feel like that's what he's, he's fearless of that. He but doesn't care. Is that actually something no. that you would care about? The history of a number on a team. Yeah, like if you went to the no, Bucks, they I were would like not number care. two. I would do not. know that our holder that dropped a huge. Ki- yeah, my right? point was just that 14's ugly. That's it's okay. very square. It is. It just doesn't. And really, who's the greatest 14 ever? Like think of the four. Ty Detmer. I mean, it's no. It's, there's some good ones. Who, yeah, who? I'll tell, tell you. me though. Who's he's a 14 a, quarterback? He's a oh, square. Neil O'Donnell was 14 for the Jets. Oh, that he was, was, a, that 14. was a quarterback I remember. And then there's another 14 I'm blanking on right now. Damn. There's a Glenn, it's not Glenn Foley. He wasn't 14. Sam's a squarish looking guy, too, so it only accentuates his squareness. Yes, uh, it I does. heard on Levitar they were saying that Sam Darnold looks like a, um, a Lego policeman. It does a little bit. He <laughs> I think does. That's hilarious. All right, so the way that I always do this, I go to Pro Football Reference, you search the number, and then they have a way in which they see relevancy. I'm typing in 14. Okay. I'm researching the most. And number one is Dan Fouts. Yeah, oh, damn, of course. Number two is Ken Anderson. Okay, those are the two probably best 14s Steve of all time. Steve Grogan, uh, Brad Gro- Johnson, Andy Dalton, Richard Todd, Neil O'Donnell, Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's yeah. not a great number. Brian no. Greasy, and I guess why a Tittle may have worn other numbers as well. Well, why a Tittle wore 14 with the Giants. Yeah. You know what else other number white to the war? 
63 with the Baltimore Colts. 63 is a wild number, and it brings us all back. Back to more numbers in the NFL. NFL Network, guess what just started coming out? Oh, the top 100. Uh, I'm already seeing Malcolm Jenkins and people getting upset that they're ranked in the 90s. Uh, We had a lot of people say, are we going to do a Sims and Left go 100. It's more work for you, so I'm going to ask you live. <laughs> Chris has nothing to do right now. The draft are is you? over. Oh, that's right. Yep. Yeah, what are you doing? Do. I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, rank some, do rank some players. Do, it's, it's more fun to go, man, the NFL 100 sucks. Well, the Making thing, the 100 The thing that I don't think people realize is it's voted on the players, and I would say half the players in the league don't even really get to watch the other half in the league during the year. You, you know, if you're... If and you're, I'd say half of that half don't actually watch. No, no, exactly right. Right, exactly. Or, or there's some of those half that don't go home and watch Monday Night Football. They don't care. They play football. They love it. And they're probably going to just vote or, for their teammates. Or, yes, or they're just going to vote for a common mainstream name. But, I mean, you, this is one thing I think with coaches and players that goes on every football season. And this is why I think I have a relationship with some coaches in the NFL because you're playing your division the division you're playing in your conference, and then the crossover division in the AFC or NFC, right? So there's like five divisions you're never paying. Exactly right. And that, I mean, that's one of the, during the season, it's one of the most common questions I get from my coach friends. All right, so someone that watches, yeah. do you want to undertake this? No. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just going to be here? Just Kirk Cousins, him. 90? What a dumb what list. A I, think, list. I think if Sims did it, the quarterbacks would be way lower than people would expect mm. because you yeah, always they talk, overvalue the quarterbacks. Right, the right. quarterbacks are overvalued, and I think you would yeah. have more interesting positions in the top. Yeah, JJ Watt was on the list again, and it's like he played like two games. Yeah, and, and like the last two years, totally. Yes. Right. Uh, I will say though that all the players that are like, I can't believe I'm this low. There are 1,700 players in the league, and you made the top 100. Like Malcolm Jenkins, I yeah. know that you think you're better than 95th, but like. Yeah, just, I, I don't know. Just be happy. Who cares? Um, the other number that I want to talk about is Big Ben. Big Ben. Last year before the season, I don't know, guys. I might want to hang it up soon. Well, now that they've drafted uh, Mason Rudolph, I want to play three to five more years. Yeah. The fire is back. Right. So there's two ways to look at this. Either one, Ben... Just shut up. Like, like, oh, like if he comes back in shape this year, then I'll be like, whoa. But is there anything to Patrick Mahomes comes into camp, fuels Alex Smith? Alex Smith has the best year he's had. Right. If Mason Rudolph comes into camp and is able to challenge Ben at all, which I don't think he's the physical prowess of Mahomes right. to intimidate somebody, right. could we get a, be- a better Ben because of this? I do think this will make Ben. You know, get on his, you know, what do I want to say? Just dot his I's and cross his T's a little bit about his overall game just to go, okay, wait, they're, it's legit now. They are looking, starting to look at people right. to replace me. It's that time of my career. I think the big thing is what you said. For, he's never going to feel threatened once he gets on the field with them. Right. So that's the biggest thing. Like where Mahomes, Alex Smith was like, oh, shit. Man, this guy's got a lot of talent. He gets on the field and makes three or four throws. I'm never going to get on the field again. And you don't think Mason's going to elicit that? I don't think so. Ben is one of those people, too, and I know I've told this story before and you've heard me say, just where you, when you see him in person, you go, first of all, whoa, he's big. And then you go, man, that MFR can he can throw that ball. Holy right. crap. I mean, and it, that's what intimidates yes, you guys, right. is if somebody comes on the field and and can really rip it, right. you're going to go, yo, I need to get everything tight yes. because I'm not just going to overthrow yes. him. And he's going to overthrow Mason yeah. easily. Right. And he's a, and he, he, you know, Ben's like, 
he's a diva. Out of all the quarterbacks, we say this all the time. He's definitely a diva. He's definitely a, you can't tell me I can do this, well, I'm going to do it. Think about the and diva it, things that Ben Roethlisberger has done. Right. And we're not even talking about the early on disgusting Georgia accusations. Yeah, right. I'm talking about recently. Calling out Martavis Bryant as he's coming out of rehab mm-hmm. and saying that he's been a distraction. Mm-hmm. Um Openly fighting with Todd Haley and getting Todd Haley, in essence, fired. Right. Showing up to Kent wearing a baseball hat and just like knocking things down and be like, I don't need to do with all this stuff. Threatening to retire in order to like be taken more seriously in contract mm-hmm. stuff. Like, Ben is very much a diva. Yes. But because he rocks a backwards hat and plays for Pittsburgh, he's blue collar Ben. Yeah. He is so white collar, like like diva spoiled. He it's is crazy. diva spoiled. They've diva spoiled him there in Pittsburgh. He's been allowed to get away He's with this. Never, who's the biggest backup to threaten him? It's been Bruce Gradkowski and Landry Jones. Yeah, right. Maybe a, Charlie a, a, Batch was there at one point. A career backup. Yeah, and a guy that openly talks about maybe leaving to become a pastor at any right. time in Landry Jones. Right. There's no competition for no, them. They brought Michael Vick in. Uh, I mean, but yeah, you're right. There's been no competition for him. He, he's one of those guys. I mean, his talent is pretty top end. I don't think you have to worry about like massaging yes. his ego. And but the way right. he played against Jacksonville, it was his best game maybe in the last four years. This is the way he is. I mean, yeah, let's not forget even to add to that list. He got in the motorcycle accident before practice. I mean, he's done a number of things where you go like, damn, man, what, what are you doing with your but, but and I know talent, a lot of size. Oh, he's yeah. in the conversation, too, for me. I'll say this and the people Ooh. out there. I think he's in the conversation for one of the ten greatest quarterbacks in the history of the sport. He's in the convo. I'm not saying he's definitely top ten. So then let me change my yeah. stance. Has he earned the right to do all of those things? Two-time Super Bowl winner, yeah. future Hall of Famer, right. possible top 10 quarterback of all time. If there's any guy that can push out an OC or call out a wide receiver or get into a motorcycle accident, I mean... I, know. I don't think anybody ever earns the right to do any of that stuff. Like, I just and this don't. is where our Kanye conversation Well, I just don't think you were... <laughs> I don't like... like uh, I mean, Tom Brady's earned the ability to do more than Ben Roethlisberger, but mm. that's not what he's going to do because it's not the right thing. And because again, the coach runs the team there and it's not his job to be a bigger spectacle than Bill Belichick or the new England Patriots. Let's get to Tom Brady. Yep. Uh, I see a clip online and there he is. Tom Brady sitting next to Jim Gray and Jim Gray asked if he felt appreciated by the Patriots and Tom Brady, like a robot, Tom Brady to me, it was like a politician that's trying to convince you that he's normal. Tom Brady goes, hmm, I plead the fifth. And it was so canned and it was so meticulous that you know that him and Jim Gray worked on it beforehand. And my first question was, how is Jim Gray still getting these things? Jim Gray's his great personal friend. That's where that has to start with what you're saying. Yeah. It's his great personal friend. And I would guarantee that Tom Brady wouldn't sign on to do it unless Jim Gray was 100%. being the narrator. Because Jim Gray was going to do something. And then everybody laughed, which yeah. I don't know why you're laughing. It wasn't that funny. But after Jim Gray did that thing with LeBron yeah. and it completely backfired, right. I just don't understand how Jim Gray is still getting these things. Well, why, is he, why do you think? Athletes are going. I trust Jim. Well, Jim, because he's easy to trust. If you know Jim, Jim is his like salt of the earth, good guy. He really is. Okay. He's you not there to. Yeah, he. I do. I and know does because he, have, he like, used to work as a sideline reporter for my dad and CBS early on, and, and my dad's career there. So yeah. or NBC, I should say. It wasn't even CBS. It was NBC. Um, yeah. So he has incredible connections everywhere. He I mean, really Greg, does. Greg was the guy that broke the Dickerson thing. Like yes. he's had like 30, 40 years of breaking news. I just didn't understand. After LeBron, I thought. But if you pitch to LeBron 
every other athlete pitch afterwards I thought would fall through because yeah. it backfired completely. Yeah, I hear you. I know, but I don't think anybody looks at that and blames it on Jim Gray. I think that Tom Brady is cornier than Russ Wilson. Wow. <sighs> That's pretty... That's a bold... I don't think he is. I know what you mean. I mean, Brady, anybody, listen, I think all these famous, like, when you're super, super famous. You're really just protecting your assets. You're, you're like a corny. You're, you're like a caricature of yourself. Exactly. Yeah. You're not reality. The world is not, um, it's not even comprehensible, I think, to me, who's been around as somebody like my dad, because my dad's not even on the status of a Tom Brady or anybody no. like that, right? So, truly, the world is a different world for them in all facets, and they are not in the reality of a normal world, nor is their family, and as much as they want to try to be normal, and I think Tom does do a good job of trying to be a normal dad, husband, and all yeah. that, his day-to-day life is just not normal. I mean, there's nobody else living his life on this planet other than, like, Ronaldo just and Messi Just riding camels and Qatar. Whatever he wants, right. Working out on the beach. So It's, it's also h- the pressures and the, the magnifying exactly glass. Right. If he were to say something out of line, it would blow up. He's in, he, And Tom is a guy that we've seen. He wants people to like him. It's obviously somewhat important to him. But, yeah, I'm with you. That seemed stage. He didn't have to say that, but it goes into the whole thing again that, listen, th- there's a rift there. I mean, this is, this is, this is definitely a rift between Belichick and Brady. I'm not going to say it's going to go down as, like, a fight. It's not going to really affect 2018 season. They're still going to so be either. back in the playoffs and be awesome. I don't yeah. even doubt that. Does Brady feel underappreciated by Belichick? Definitely. Sure. He said he but, finished it. Okay. I think everybody in general wants to be appreciated more at work in their professional life. The people that I work with are trying to get the best out of them. Right. I mean, there's nobody that has an owner that appreciates Tom Brady more than that. Right. All right? I mean, come on. Robert Kraft literally tells him how cute and handsome he is and kisses him before the game. I mean, <laughs> oh, oh, you're so oh, handsome in that blue, all blue uniform. I mean, remember after week one last year? That's what he said to him. No, it was a Thursday night game a few years ago. You think Robert Kraft is jealous that Tom Brady kisses his kids on the mouth, but not him? <laughs> but, but, but either way, uh, what was my point? Oh, this is my other point with this. So there's obviously the riff. Brady does say that. And he's taken a little, yeah, underhanded punch at Belichick and all of them, certainly. Does he feel underappreciated? Yes. And I understand that he, it probably gets to him. But he did clarify it, too, in saying the main point, right? They're trying and that, to get the best out of me. Exactly right. Bill Belichick's job is not to go, oh, Tom... You're, we love you. You're so appreciative here. You're so good. Oh, my gosh. You know what happens when you do that? You become RG3, okay? And then you, you go, oh, damn, well, I don't, have a, I don't have a backbone or any toughness or I can't handle criticism. So Bill Belichick, the years I was there, right, Wes Welker couldn't. I mean, you could tell there was days where I was like, damn, I think he wants to go over in the practice field right now and beat the shit out of Bill. He wants to beat him <laughs> up. He wants to beat him up. But the coaches would always tell me, like, Bill thinks that Wes performs better when he's a little angry and he feels like he's got a chip on his shoulder and everything like that. And that's what Bill did. Bill, when they retire, Bill's going to tell Tom how awesome he is and how appreciative he is. But for now, he's the quarterback of the team and Bill wants to win and he don't give a damn about Tom's feelings. Bill Walsh wasn't that nice to Joe Montana when they were winning four Super Bowls either. Dude, I don't know if Joe Montana still likes Bill Walsh. I, I don't think he does. So exactly right. I he, mean, he got my dad like loves Bill years. Parcells and I I want to be like, why? I mean, all yeah, he did was disrespect you. I your mean, dad's like, I knew that. I don't even like Bill Parcells that much, and I don't even know him. Also, do you want to win Super Bowls, or do you want to have a coach that likes you? Exactly the guy's right. doing something right. Exactly it's working. Right. It's exactly. worked for well, 15 I, years. Right. So what this is to me is it's two things. The sports fans in us go, that's why Bill Belichick's great. The humans in us go, I know what it's like to have a boss that doesn't appreciate yes, us. Yes. And so what happens is, is we kind of empathize more with Tom Brady. The other thing is this. 
Because they lost the Super Bowl, and because the major question mark was Malcolm Butler, which Tom Brady also talked about, yes. it's we can we can question the decision making of Bill Belichick, yes. which then allows all of these players, the Amendolas, the Gronks, the Bradys, to go see he's not perfect. He's yelling at me all the time, and he's not perfect. Right. But the true thing is, is they almost won the Super Bowl without Malcolm Butler. They hung up thirty three on the Eagles defense, yeah. which was like the number one defense in the in the in the yeah. in the country. Right. So for me, I think it's interesting to watch all of these players go, Man, I hate him, I hate him, I hate him. And then when you lose the Super Bowl, they're coming after him. The reason that I love Bill Belichick, he's not gonna be harder on Tom Brady. He's not gonna be harder on Gronk. He's gonna be the same guy. Yeah. So I'm glad that all these dudes are getting this out of their system because when they go to training camp. You're still running the hill at the end of practice. Tom, he's still saying that the high school quarterback can come in here. Right. You are battling a robot. And I'll say this now. I love Doug Peterson. I would trade Doug Peterson for Bill Belichick in a second. Yeah. Because he's the best. Yes. He's the best. Right. Yeah, right. So, I mean, I love Doug Peterson, too. You're right. There's, there's, there's no denying it. But, yeah, yeah I mean, it's just And like, I would trade Tom Brady for multiple quarterbacks. But I would trade Bill Belichick for nobody. Yeah. So this is like the players getting all this frustration out. Yeah. But guess what? You're getting back there, and it's still Bill's rule. Yeah. And if you talk this crap in the middle of the year, I bet you Brady don't say this shit in the middle oh, of the definitely year. Definitely not. Definitely no not. Way. No way. No. We talked about this the day after the draft with Noah of how much you'd pay Bill Belichick versus how much you would yeah, pay Noah, everybody else. Yeah, and I would pay Bill, I would pay Bill Belichick thirty million dollars a year. Yeah, uh, he's worth it. I mean, uh, if, if Kirk Cousins is worth twenty seven and a half, right. I pay Bill Belichick fifty million dollars. <laughs> yeah, a year. right. Yeah, yeah double it. it. I know. It's There's a, no coach in all of sports that has more of an impact on their team success right. than Bill Belichick. And then I would also say the not Popovich. No, not not anybody. And then the sport itself no lends itself to coaching. Coaching is more important in football than any of the other sports. I understand it's important in basketball and baseball. Don't get me wrong, but football is truly a chess match. Yes. And there's so many different players and schemes and matchups on a week-to-week base, basis, balancing your roster, the salary cap, all that. The coach is extremely important. And Bill does two jobs. He's the GM, too. Yeah. Let's be real. Yeah. He probably does eight jobs. Yeah, he probably does. Exactly. I was going to say three, but yeah, you're right. He what does was everything. the third you were going to say? I, I mean, he's GM. He's operations. Head coach. Right. Exactly right. He's like, and he's also like a, the operations guy for the New England Scouting. Patriots. Scouting. We're going to leave the bu- The buses are going to leave at 3.30 on, on for our seventh game of the year when we travel to New York. He's probably, I mean, they got the schedule ready. He's probably got, again, he's probably got next year's draft pretty much under control already. It's 4.20. 4.20. Let's call Phil. Yep. Phil is on the set of a, of a, a commercial. I, we'll have to ask. I think it's Investor Bank. I don't want to screw this up. I hope I'm not giving I'm some other... I'm just excited to hear his voice. Yeah. Hey, they're not paying us. You no. can screw it up all you want. Yeah, you're right. Screw them. It's then. their commercial. They're paying him screw right. Phil. for this podcast. Uh, while we're waiting, Sims. do you want to guess the most sold jerseys of the NFL draftees? Okay. Saquon won. He was one. Odell was right. Sam Darnold, two. Sam Darnold was three. Okay. Shaquem Griffin, two. Was five. Okay. Um, the other two are quarterbacks. Another Baker Mayfield, two, and then I guess it's going to have to be Lamar Jackson. Nope, Josh Allen. Yes. Wow. So it goes: Saquon one, Baker two, Sam Darnold three, Josh Allen four, Shaquem Griffin five. Wow, that's cool. Like I said, man, yeah. and I think Shaquem is going to overtake Saquon uh, when like. The sixty-minute stories start happening, and they <laughs> yeah. go to camp, right. and then he's doing with his brother, right. and then like you got like uh, that country ESPN reporter being like, "Man, I just love the way that you guys play together." Marty, uh, Marty. yeah, Marty's <laughs> awesome. He's awesome. <laughs> he's a great guy. But he is. Man. Did you see the video of John Schneider and uh, Pete Carroll calling Shaquem? 
Yeah, I did, did you not listen to the podcast last yeah. week? I'm he halfway like, through. He like emotionally, he got all emotional. Yeah. Oh, about that video? Yeah. Oh, okay, I haven't yeah. gotten to that part it yet. Got, it got, Can it got you me... call but let us hear the voicemail and we'll just leave him a voicemail? If he he says he's up? ready, so call. Love you. Yeah, I think part of the thing that we do here that's great is we ask good questions and we leave good voicemails. <laughs> and if you're ready for it. He's going to answer. Uh, well, I'll just I'll keep going. Quentin Nelson. Chris Ballard brought in a bunch of media people to show why he drafted Quentin Nelson. And he showed the first thing he did was him doing a freestanding squat and showed that at 325, he's able to get his butt lower than his knees. Yeah. And then he showed him touching his toes on the ground. And he was able to bend further than some gymnasts. Right. And he looked at the reporters and he said, God made him a little different than anybody else. Yeah. That's a, it's, and for that, it's position, crazy. Yeah. that position is very important. I mean, that, bend and all that, that. Yeah, bend. Exactly right. I mean, I can remember when when the Patriots were workout offensive linemen, yeah. Skarnekia would make them do these like stretching drills and see what they. And I was always like, man, what the hell is he doing? Like I ne- and I know the players were like, what? What am I doing just here? Trying to see flexibility, like, touching my toes, and he's making me bend over in these weird positions. But yeah, and it's that real. Was, it the, is real. The correlation of their Def- flexibility and bend. Definitely, it is. And and of course for Skarnekia, it was a very important. So he wasn't going to evaluate any offensive lineman without seeing him do some of those things. I sent Quentin Nelson. Our conversation about Ursay. Hey, Quentin, what's up, man? And he was dying. He was dying. Quentin Nelson, I think, is going to be just my buddy. I, he's I'm just going to bother him all buddy. the time. That's all right. It's a good buddy to have. He's going to be a future Hall if of Famer. You ever get, <laughs> if you ever get in a fight, he's the guy you call. Is Phil there? No. Where are you? Is Nick there? Nick, are you back there? Are we flying solo right now? I mean, what is going we on? We might be flying with no, no pilot. I heard a I heard a. I heard a dial before. zone. Is anybody producing this show? Yeah. <laughs> no, you know what it is? Oh, big Phil. You guys, guys, you're so high-tech and new age, you can't even get somebody on a phone. <laughs> you're right. I don't know. They, they gave us no resources for the show today, Dad. We got Phil, like one guy in the back doing everything. Big Phil, let me one hear. Guy, and shout well, out to Nick. Big Phil, let me hear. What is your lines in this commercial? Practice with us. Well, we don't have Boomer Esiason and myself and Brian Nelson who works for um, 16W, the company that represents us. We're sitting in a room waiting, and I don't think we have – do we have any lines this afternoon? (laughs) I think we have to just do the facial expressions. Oh. So Boomer is going to, you know, well, you know, who am I sitting here with, Christopher? Uh, This is uh, me, Josh, and Adam. Yeah. No, but who am I sitting here? I'm sitting here with Big Fat Boomer. He's sitting here We we were just listening to them making fun of me Monday morning on their show – how I talk to myself, and this and that, and because uh, we did that draft show together. Right. So they were, they were just killing me. This so. is Investor Bank, right? We're, today we're doing a commercial for Investors Bank, yes. Investors Bank. So you guys are going to run the waggle waggle together and, you know, talk about those kind of things again? No, no, no. This is really cool. They they got smart after the last one. They they gave us as little talking as possible. That's, oh, that's good. Things. Yeah. So we're just walking through lobbies. I'm holding Boomer's hand, um, you know, that kind of stuff. You know, I don't know what, what the who's, hell we're doing. Who's in better shape these days? Who's in better shape, Boomer and I? Boomer, who's in better shape? It, he says it depends on what shape you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> <What's that mean? laughs> he goes, what are we talking about? Are we talking about an apple, a pear? <laughs> I never heard it quite that way. As Boomer would say, look, he is fit fat. Fit he fat. always said that to me, and I actually, we've said this before, I went home and looked it up in a dictionary, and there's no such damn thing. So, <laughs> <laughs> and as I look at him here right now, with his feet up, 
and is well, I'm, I'm just not gonna get personal. They just crap on each oh, other. Oh, it's all the they do. They're like four year olds. They're four year olds. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Yesterday, yesterday he, he had to throw so a pass and as he threw it, I had to kinda of like punch him and they're gonna show the pass, what, hitting people's coffee cups and all this stuff and I I just my line is you never could handle the pressure or something like that. I don't uh, want to say I love it. But I so I was hitting him. Pretty good, chucking him, you know, whatever. And Boomer says he took his shirt off last night, and his wife, it, she say, damn, what worse? <laughs> he's all bruised up. Man. He's a child. They're, you guys are, what are you guys? You guys either, are like, they're back at the frat house. Both they're, of them either like, they're either like children <laughs> happy or like like grumpy old men that just can't get away from each other <laughs> and love each other oh, so no, much. Man, we laugh our, listen, the production company and the bosses, I think they sit around and go, man, if these morons would just do what we tell them, we could get done here quicker. Man. <laughs> I actually, actually got a talking to last time. Let Boomer will say something here in a minute. They actually sent Steve Rosner, our agent, out and said, hey, you two got to settle down. Quit, you know, whatever. Yeah, that's so, it's fun. So, Phil, it's good. I know that you've been yeah. sitting since the draft, and I'm curious. What's, like, the main thing that you took away from the draft that you haven't been able to talk about? Let's get it out here in the open. Oh, geez. You kind of caught me by surprise here. I got I'm tearing up in my eyes just laughing doing all this. But um, I don't know Giants had a good draft. Quarterbacks were all interesting where they went. So I, I think that uh, you probably already talked about it. Two guys, uh, Josh Allen and Sam Darnold. I think they should start from day one. Mm. Uh, get them in there, practice them, and just give them all the reps and all that stuff. Just let it go. Yep. So you know that that would be. You know, the, oh, we're going to wait till he's ready and all this. We've got two teams that are not going to the Super Bowl, so use all your resources in year one as soon as you can just to get them ready so your team, and both teams have, you know, I think good futures if these quarterbacks come through. You know, they've done a good job of pre-agent acquisitions, got some good draft picks, so that would be the, probably the one thing I have. I really haven't talked about the draft since it's been over because yeah. – Nobody called me because what the hell would I know, right? Well, we're, we're yeah. that's what we're doing. We're baby. calling you now. We're milking you. Yeah, okay. There you go. I, that was, I was, I was asking myself another question there, Boomer. Ah, uh, dude, <laughs> that's is, The guy that Boomer works with in the mornings uh, has me down pretty good. He, he was he was killing me, so he was imitating me. So, oh well. D- did you yeah. go ahead? What? Now, go ahead. Yeah, you go. I, well, I was just going to say, what, what I wanted to, I don't even think I've really talked about this with Dad either. Just Baker Mayfield at one. Were oh, you, yeah. Were you shocked by it? Did you believe it when you were hearing the rumors that it might be real? Uh, yeah, kind of give us your reaction. I never thought it was real. Probably didn't really believe it, but I guess, until about the, finally a day before, since nobody released any information about it, that he is going to go one. And I, and I just said, Okay, and I know there's a there's a certain stigma that goes to the number one pick of the draft, but if he's going to be picked number three in the draft, what's the difference if you're one or three? So you know, I kept hearing, oh, maybe he would go to the New York Jets at three. So if he goes one to Cleveland, what what's the big deal if he's? So does that make sense? So, so if you go one or five, course. it's still really high in the draft, right? And I think there was a bigger deal made of that. And, because he was the first pick of the draft, and because you know deep down all of us really think that if you're six foot, you're just going to have a hard time having great success in the NFL. 
Yeah, I mean, it, the thing that's uh, just to follow up with that, the thing that's crazy about it to me, just the, the answers that they've given him to this point, seems like they drafted him a lot on just because of his ability to communicate and be yes. a leader in the locker room. The, like, n- the number one compliments that I'm hearing coming out of Cleveland is, one, uh, he's got like a photographic memory right. and he can remember everything. Right. Two, okay. we love the way that he can lead. And well, I, I do it the Chris Sims litmus test. I have heard no one talk about his arm strength or his accuracy. Yeah, right. I hear everyone talking about him, the person. Right. Which could be scary. Off the well, when you don't start the conversation about the physical ability on the field, it's always scary to me, at least as an evaluator or somebody that talks about the sport. Well, that's what we always talk about. We always talk about that exact that exact thing. You know, don't tell me all those intangibles and everything else. You know, give me some meat. Right. You know, tell me something that that I can hang my hat on, and and that we got something to go forward with, and you know, and. There they are in Buffalo at number 12. They move up, they get Josh Allen, and I do an article. It's, it was out there yesterday. I think it was yesterday, maybe today. I don't know when. But and it, that they're all unhappy. Oh, we should have took Rose in this. So, you know, everybody's going to gripe no matter what draft pick there is and who you do or whatever. And I, I was just going, wow, I thought Buffalo would be ecstatic, the fans, yeah. to get Josh Allen. but. I guess they bought into all the stuff they heard the whole time. Well, you know, it's not accurate. The emblem on the yeah, helmet. Yeah. Yeah. It's the emblem on the helmet. It just doesn't make fe- people feel as cozy as seeing a UCLA or a USC or an Oklahoma. That, you know, people. We'll, yeah, we'll know when the live bullets start right, flying. Right. That's what we'll know. All right. So we got something fun. All right. So, Phil, you're having to do yeah. another mascot battle between me and Christopher. If you want to get Boomer in to judge as well, we can do that. Okay. You can, okay. So, the battle today. Uh, your son is representing a Patriot, and I am representing a Buccaneer. Who would you like to hear from first? Wow. Okay, go ahead. You go, Adam. Okay. You won last time. You're, I lost last time. Lost? Yeah, that's yeah. right. I didn't remember. He, he remembered the Dolphin beat Paul Brown. He was Paul Brown last Nuts. time. Insane. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Poor Adam. You lost. Okay, you're a loser. You go first. Okay. <laughs> Screw <laughs> you. All right. So, uh, Phil, I just want to explain to you that uh, a Buccaneer is uh, a pirate of the Caribbean. And they follow no laws. So unlike a Patriot, I can fight beyond the whistle. The Patriots, they go to a result. The Buccaneers, they love to fight. Uh, Phil right. Boomer, do you want the fighter needing a check or just wanting the bell to ring? I'll ask you that first. Uh, number two, Buccaneers were French, Dutch, and English adventurers who turned to piracy. They were the worst of the worst from everywhere. The Patriots were really only the semi-worst from one region of of the country, or the world, excuse me. And I'll end it with this. The Buccaneers, excellent marksmen. Their reputation precedes them, and they hunted wild boars for food. I don't know what patriots did, but I'll tell you what. They kind of lived in the lap of luxury, and buccaneers were brutal. Oh, I, I know. turn the floor over now to a patriot. Wow, so okay, so yeah, really n- so nicely there, said for the uneducated buccaneers of the world who are pirates at sea, who are just. Low- I'm, I am their lawyer. But, I'm representing. I'm, I'm just. Uh, they're a lower class of human being than a patriot. Okay, I mean, yeah. yes, I know they were in their lap of luxury up there, saving America from and making them free and on horses with their muskets and their cool hats and all that. 
but this is a well-thought-out individual who has plans to overtake countries, not like, oh, we're going to rob some ship out in the Caribbean. No, we Buccaneers go, oh, actually robbed land. We're going to go, no, well, they can't come into our land because we're the patriots and we have laws on these lands, so we don't even need a those gun. Laws we're gonna, don't, those laws don't apply to us. Well, that's great, but the jail will when we throw them in there. Then we'll see how they do. It's right? unfortunate because you'll be in jail and or a, dead and because of Buccaneers. Can I make my argument, you please? Because you did. And then you're talking about a marksman. What? Buccaneers don't even have guns, okay? They're sword fighters. I've, I've right? done the research. And Patriots, we know, got a musket, and they can shoot from distance, right? And they got a horse to ride on. If you get off the boat, you're just on foot, buddy. The number so one, the number one plan of Buccaneers with a cannon was, from was the sea? distracting people with their boats and having already landed. So they would have landed in Virginia and then stormed north. I think we've got enough points out there. <laughs> Phil, okay. what is your verdict? That's enough information. It's, it's way too much information for me to comprehend. I'll just say this. You know, we talk about all that intangibles in, in, in the NFL and for quarterbacks. Well, that that, ha- that holds nothing here in this, this little battle. So, I, or it, it holds a lot in this battle, I should say. So I'm taking the Patriot because he's just smarter, more conniving, and just conniving. better on his feet. Right. You know, there's a reason why these guys are Buccaneers and Pirates because right. they were – thugs and didn't know what else. Right, low so Wonderlick um, scores. Very low Wonderlick yeah, scores. Right. There you go. Right. So there you You're go. a bunch of law-following noobs. I would love nothing more than to pick against Christopher, but you <laughs> lose for the second time in a row. Man. Yes, thank you, Dad. This is nonsense. Uh, but apparently I might but not have know, lost. Listen, I want you to take oh. a few seconds to talk to my um, healthy-looking friend over here, Boomer. Okay, he's, let's do it. Yeah. He's got his shoes off. He's... <laughs> <laughs> Look at you guys. His belly, shaking it. Man, that belly can, it, but once you shake it, it's going to roll for quite a while. Here, hold on. Here's Boomer. Here's Boomer. Hey, Adam and Chris, how are you guys? Hey, what's up, big Boom guy? Town. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Your father's a pain in the ass. Oh, I don't know how you deal with it, man. He <laughs> is truly like he's eight years old. Honestly, I think that uh, you and Matt gave him PTSD, to be honest with you. I think really honestly, he has no idea what he's doing, what he's talking, what he's talking about, who went to what place, and who's got what intangibles and all that crap. He doesn't have any idea. Right. Well, well we heard you had PT, uh, PTSD, too, because Francesa just rejoined the WFAN. <laughs> no, not really. Uh, it's, it's all right. Uh, I had to have fun with that. <laughs> no, that's fine. Listen, I actually took care of you guys because I love your app. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Ooh, that's good. Well, we love you, Boomer. You know that. Does we got have an app or something like that. We do have an app. The BR. Man, app. we used to interview Boomer like, all the time from his office. Yes. And it would be like, and he'd be like, "Come on, you nitwits, hurry up! Yeah. I got things to do." <laughs> <laughs> it was all good though, man. It was always fun working with you guys, and you guys are really good together. And you need to get on. Uh, you know, you need to be out there a little bit more than you are. You're not out there enough. Uh, we we second that notion. Hear that Bleacher Report? The knack knack knack. Boomer is saying it. Uh, Boomer, what else? What's going on in your world? Well, other than dealing and babysitting your dad here the last two days <clears throat> and being the ultimate professional that I am, uh, you know, got to work uh, the radio show every single day. You know, I got to do the draft with your dad. Man, your dad, that was like porn for him. You know, it was, it was like, oh, my God. Look at that guy's hand size. Look at that guy's thigh. I was crazy because uh, he's so into it, watches all the film. I'm more of a peripheral guy. I'm a big picture guy. Right. You know, I want to see certain quarterbacks in certain places. And you know, I felt like Josh Allen should have gone to Buffalo or Cleveland. That Baker Mayfield would have been great for the Jets. Sam Donald great for the uh, for the Giants. And of course, 
I think a lot of us had Josh Rosen going to the Cardinals. I think a little bit earlier than he ended up going, but at the end of the day, I think he ended up in the right place. Yeah, you're 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 happy with what the Giants and Jets did. I know you got to talk about that so much on the radio show all the time, but especially your Jets. I mean, you you see you see a future for Sam Darnold, right? Hey, Chris, think about this. Yeah. You and I probably played quarterback from the age of nine years on, right? Right. This kid has basically played the position of quarterback since he was 16 years old. He is 20. He will be 21 in June. Think about the fact that he was a linebacker before he became a quarterback. He was a great basketball player, and he's just barely scratching the surface as a quarterback. So I don't necessarily know how uh, how, uh, successful he'll be in his first year, but if he continues on this trajectory and he uh, ends up being a big hit for the Jets – they're going to end up investing a half a billion dollars in this kid over the next 20 years. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, he's a nice kid. He's a really just a tremendous character kid. Uh, you know, I love all of his interviews, all of his ex-teammates say all these great things about him. And I just hope he doesn't get swallowed up with all the negativity and all the expectations uh, that are going to hit him right here in the face uh, over the next six months. Right. I have a question, uh, Boomer. What's up, bro, uh, about Saquon? Because... Half of us, which is me and Sims, go, this guy is so special. I'm so excited for the Giants. They got him. And then there's like this other half of people that are like, you'll never take a running back that high. This is crazy. (laughs) And I'm just curious, guy that's seen now like a number of decades of football, how do you process that discussion? Well, you know, I think it's more of a priority thing. I I honestly believe it's more political for the New York Giants that they didn't take a quarterback. Um, yeah. You know, I, I certainly thought that Sam Darnold going to the Giants in the incubator that is Pat Shermer and Eli Manning over the next two years and then re-signing Odell Beckham to a big contract because you're not going to have to pay Eli Manning that mm. after a year or so made a lot of sense for me. But right, it sounds right. to me like uh, the Mara family basically told whoever was going to run this franchise that Eli Manning was going to be the quarterback for as long as Eli Manning wants to play. Yep. So in order to do that, you do not want to bring a guy in that is so high-profile this early in the draft. So you support your quarterback, your aging quarterback, with a new left tackle, hopefully a healthy Odell Beckham Jr., and a super stud running back. So I understand why they did what they did. I certainly don't agree with it long-term. But, uh, you know, these things uh, you know, have a way of finding them themselves through. Mm. And uh, we'll find out pretty quickly whether or not Dave Gettleman did the right thing here for the Giants. Boomer, you're the man. You're the man, Boom. Uh, punch we... that guy and say it's from his son. Punch him right in the sh- arm and go, that's and we from need, your son. We actually need to ask Phil a question from Deirdre. So if we can get Phil back really quick, this is a good one. Uh, yeah, hold on. Hey, Phil, come over here. Well, you know, Phil actually you know, tends to run to the bathroom quite a bit. <laughs> I don't know why that is. But he's, uh, Phil, come over here. Get out of the bathroom. Uh, a question from Deirdre, okay? So they're going to ask you this. Guys, it's always great to talk to you guys. Yeah, thanks, Boom. Thanks, you're the man, Boom. boom. Man, you know, he was too nice. I, you know, Boomer, why are you so nice? Don't be, you, you, when you're, be, be Boomer. Don't be the guy that's on, oh, he's a good dude. He was, he, he was doing one of me. Yeah, he was. He was, he was jerky. Yeah, well, what we got? Everything else is around so, me. So. Phil, we're we going to turn this over to Josh. We got a big question. Hey, Phil, this is, this is Josh. So just so you know, we're starting to plan our draft coverage for next year. We're thinking about doing a party somewhere Huge that the public, the public can come to. Uh, your daughter Deirdre sent us a message and said, "Throw the party at Big Phil's house. He's got the space, food, and drinks. I'll plan the whole thing." What are your thoughts on a draft party at your house next year? <gasps> okay, I'll do it. That was easy. So wait, we can get like yeah, a I'll few a few hundred Sims and Lefko fans to come over. 
Sure, sure. Uh, we'll do it for real. We'll do it. We're going to broadcast and everything from. Oh yeah, absolutely. We're going to do the show live. We're, we we are going to do the draft somewhere live next year. We, there's a calling from the people, so we are going to okay. do it. And then your daughter, of course, she volunteered the house. She, she donated your well, money in your house to support the idea. Okay, if my daughter's listening, she thinks it's her house anyway. So we might as well. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, we That's just wanted to hear idea. your reaction. I like that. I like that. All right, and, and then uh, I feel like, and you're coming in in the next few weeks. Yes, we want you in person. Yes, I will. I will next next couple of weeks. I'm finally getting done here and everything, so it's going to settle down after next week. So I, I will come in, and we'll I don't know what we'll talk about, uh, but we'll we'll, we'll figure, figure it out. It out. There. Yeah, don't worry, it's our show. We'll figure it out. Appreciate you, Phil. Kick you some ass it. on this commercial, man. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's it. It's, well, you know, earn some money for our draft good. party next year. <laughs> What's that? I said earn some money for our draft party next year. Okay, I got it. I'm all in. You got uh, it. All right. See you, Dad. All right. See, see you, guys. Bye. All right. There you go, guys. <laughs> there was no come, fight. Come to the Simpson Lefko draft party at Big Phil's house. Yes. That's an event. Oh, that will be an event. What, How much of that was serious? He could, yeah. I, I, he would be. He is serious to like where he'd think about it. Now, when we lay out the details, we'll like say a few hundred random cars yeah, pulling that's up right. and walking I don't think in. He realizes it, right? Right. He does not realize what he's getting himself into. That would be incredible. It would be incredible. Talk about an event. He does have the setup for it. I mean, Dad has got a great, a great house in my old hometown, Franklin Lakes, in Franklin Lakes, New Jersey. Can that? How, I'm house, excited now. Housewives in New Jersey town. All right, yeah. we got the venue settled. All right. Perfect. All right, uh, you get the invitations. Yep. Sims, you make a playlist. Okay. Uh, by the way, yeah. love that you did that with Francesa with Boomer. I Is it legitimate hatred right now? I don't know if it's legitimate. I mean, Boomer's been phenomenal at sticking up for the people at WFN, who to. Francesa has taken a lot of shots at. I don't think people... Uh, so I didn't realize what Francesa was yeah. until I came to New York. Right. I had heard clips of him. I, of course, heard of him. Uh, but he is the voice of New York sports. Him and the Mad Dog had a show that w- changed sports radio forever. Right. In Philadelphia, I listened to Howard Eskin. Josh Fendrick literally grew up on Francesa. Yeah. He goes on an 18-month retirement tour, leaves for three months, and now he's back on the station and kicks some people off. Mm-hmm. Fendrick, you still love the guy. Yeah, how can you not? He didn't kick anyone off. He just their show is now two hours instead of four and a half. God, yeah. sounds like kicked him off. And I, Sims, you were up for his job. We're up for the job that was to replace him. Yes, I mean, good thing. I'm glad I didn't take it. Uh, and uh, I, I have a lot of. I don't like what Mike Francis is doing. Plain and simple, I don't think there's any really other way to do it. This is what I think bothers me about it. Let's go a little bit. He's been so critical of personalities and people who are disruptive to their sports organizations here in New York, whether that's Odell Beckham Jr. Mm. or the Matt Harveys of the world. Oh, they're divas. Oh, they're spoiled. Just shut up and do your job. And yet he left WFN. I mean, just complaining, ranting, they're running this business into the ground, the idiots from CBS Sports don't know what they're doing, the the heads of WFAN are a bunch of idiots, disgruntled, mad at them, and then, okay, he retires, right? Retires, can't find a job anywhere else, really, that's going to pay him anything to what his ego wants, right? Or what he was getting. And then he calls back the new company that buys WFAN, there's a new company running it now, and goes over the WFAN. 
WFAN people's heads and goes to the president of this new company that owns WFAN and basically begs back for his job and that they need him and whatever else, and they put him there. And I think that's just what bothers me more than anything because I've heard him all last football season leading up to the season. Destroying Odell. Just, oh, I mean, and here he is. He's been the disgruntled, complaining employee who's making. He was making like six and a half million dollars for WFN. He speaks no facts almost on the radio. He just jibber jabbers. But and, that's what y'all love. That's what I've never understood they about love, Francesca. They love him because it's a cult following. Because they like him because of what he is. They followed him growing up when they he actually had hilarious. brains and he had insight and he had connections in the in the sports world. He does not have any of those anymore. Has that changed for you? Yeah, it's just entertainment. They like at this listening point. to the character. It's just, yeah, it's a character. It's they like, like entertainment. He falls asleep on the microphone. It's all part or of the just, stick. You know, somebody says like three great points and he can't argue and he just calls him an idiot and hangs up. I mean, I, the, the, the amount Yorkers of times, are weird that, like that. The amount of like times him. that Francesa blows up on insert topic yeah. gets spread on the internet. Right. And I'm like, you guys are still getting excited about him calling out a caller as an idiot. So I'm just going to give you your, your headline right now yeah. Chris Sims, colon, quote, Mike Francesa is the Odell Beckham of WFAN. You can see that in the New York Daily News tomorrow. Well, it's pretty good. I'm actually going to say that I, I'm curious if this happens to him. Yeah. This is very Jay Leno, Conan O'Brien. Right. The difference is that Jay Leno never talked crap about Conan O'Brien. No. He just behind well, the scenes did this. Well, we didn't even add this. that to it. He went on the radio with my Mad Dog, right, on yeah. and trashed the three people that right. took over his old job. Yes. I mean, made fun of them. They laughed at them. Said Bar Scott expense. had no right to be a personality Exactly right. They just they absolutely crapped all over him. So, again, when you don't respect other people at all on a personal level, it's hard for me to respect you. It's really all comes down to too. Like Mike, I got no issues with Mike. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think Mike is is not as good as he once was. Like I said, that's just what I'm saying. That's just like you know, I don't think Eli Manning's as good as he once was. Right. Deal with it, okay? But uh, yeah, when you start to do that stuff, and then yeah, just too many stories about the way he treats people, it's hard for me to defend him. This is all I'm going to say. Yeah. When Jay Leno left. It was a celebration for him. He was a blue-collar guy, hardworking with an automobile collection, a big chin, and an understanding of the heartbeat of America. When he nudged Conan out, we never saw him like that again. No. He was a capitalist, manipulating businessman. Narcissistic. Narcissist that pushed him out. But the thing about Francesa is we've always thought that about Francesa. You're right. Him being the Odell, he knows he's a diva. He just can't. Like see the diva and other people and be okay with them being divas. right. It's like project. He's projecting. Yes, uh, I just think you guys like weird sports radio in New York. Well, we do definitely. You There's- like you like you like caller based radio where the callers don't even get their opinions out because by the time they said and and you know Francesa about Matt Harvey and he goes end of the call Matt Harvey and it's like you there's no discussion. No. You're just getting yelled at by you're, this guy for three hours and uh, you love it. Agreed. I don't get it. Agreed with it. You're right. There is there's it, and it wasn't always that way. I, I mean, mean that's I listen I think- to him sometimes right. last year on Sundays when he would do that NFL show and I was like these NFL opinions are so wrong but people are just lapping it up because it's a cult it's just it's people a cult. It's a cult yeah, it is. back in the day he was the man yes I mean when it was him oh. and Mike and the Mad Dog it was real it was and special thing it was that new. Makes, makes New York radio weird from the rest of the country uh, for anybody else out there that's not from New York and wants to know New York is unique for what reason in sports radio it's, it's a no lot of baseball. ESPN. 
Oh, baseball. People want well, to talk about baseball when, wins here in New York. Baseball's yes. king. The New when York Bart Yankees Scott are bigger than the Giants and the said Jets. he's going to learn on the job, I was like, that's the dumbest thing you could right. say. Just don't admit it. The, the, the Just watch the games. radio, I mean, even in Boston, I mean, as awesome as the Patriots are, the Red Sox are still king up there. I mean, it's just, it's the number one thing to talk about on a daily basis. Well, because on a daily basis, we get to go whether or not the manager made the right yeah, decision. Yeah, exactly right. It's always a talking point. The, uh, the Andy Pettit is a starting pitcher clip made the rounds yesterday on France. Francesa Twitter. I don't know if you guys remember that conversation, but like someone called in and suggested Andy Pettit come out of the bullpen, right. and Francesa hung up on him and then just yelled into the microphone for thirty seconds. He's a starting pitcher. <laughs> One of the all-time He's classics. He's a starter. He just kept I'm telling that. you, it's unbelievable. It's the only thing that doesn't uh, lessen as it's gone on. Like yeah. the impact is still there. Like a, a Francesa rant about nothing. You guys still get excited. No, of course. Like you guys just got a weird grin on your face doing because that. Because it is. It's part of our the way I, I think, think Josh like, and I grew up and in our like culture. Imitate, oh, uh, Connor. Yeah, right. Connor, we had him on our draft it's, coverage. It's part of he it. said when he, when he heard Francesa talking about the Mets, a calm came over him. Like he felt like I he was doing at home again. Yeah, yeah, we're doing a Mets today. All right. Hey, we're we're doing, doing the Mets. Mets. Yep. This guy's been partying too yeah, much. We'll save the Derby for later. We'll talk to Derby later. We'll talk NHL playoffs with Micheletti later. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I know. I don't get it. We're not doing Yankees right now. Save your Yankees calls for the 4 o'clock hour. Not doing Yankees. Oh, this exactly. is Fedrick's good that stuff. Is, he's right good, here. good. Um, so, I could just be Francesca yeah. for the whole podcast. Well, why do you, I would like you to sign off today with Francesca right. with your good evening, yep. everyone. Right. Good evening. All right. Uh, so <laughs> one thing that is interesting, we were talking about the, the nonsense that happens after the draft. Yeah. Uh, it came out of Brown's executive. Part of the reason he didn't like Rosen, he was in an airport, and the UCLA volleyball coach was there. And he said, what do you think about Rosen? And the volleyball coach said, something about Josh Rosen bothered me. That was a story that came out after the draft. Dude, then Baker Mayfield's agent but can made I just, the round. Before you go to the Baker Mayfield, this is like, isn't that crazy? It's insane. It just and shows that impacted you what we talked about this, though, how it's such a conservative... Weird culture in the NFL. They judge books by their cover on a daily basis. Sorry to interrupt. But it's also the bias that that's allowed to come in because of a random person. I don't know. No, no. Baker Baker Mayfield's agent is making the rounds. And I'd like to tell everyone out there that understands how the media works. The agent is going to talk up his guy all the time. So when he says that the Patriots wanted to trade up to two, the Jets were definitely taking him at three. We have multiple people in this office that have friends in the Jets that are saying that was not the case. But it makes the headline because the last week has been justifying the Baker Mayfield pick. Exactly right. Every story that I'm hearing, the Patriots. If the Patriots are going to trade up, what did I say if they were going to take Lamar? It's automatic validation. Oh, Bell Belichick's going to trade up? Then he was the one. We are not going to know until he's getting hit in the face in week one of the NFL season. But... The Baker Mayfield agent story. It's just it's validation. It's, it's valid. You're, you're you're exactly right. I thought of you right away when I saw it too, because I was like, oh yeah, they just they happen to pick the Patriots too, huh? Yes. Manipulation, yeah. right? Because the Patriots, you're right. Everybody's gonna go. Oh well, they they probably know something. They're better at it than we are. Right. We know. Yep. I know they passed Tom Brady five times in one draft, but they know him better than we. Do. So. But my big thing there would to would be to first of all, there's no way New England was going to trade up to number two for Baker Mayfield. No way. Listen, if he fell, let's just start with the trade conversation, which some people thought, like if Cleveland doesn't take him, I know the Jets weren't taking him. They were taking Darnold then Rosen. Those were the top two guys in the board. Know it. Know it. 
So that, so then it was going to be, where does he go? And it was always kind of like, ooh, if Miami doesn't take him at Just 11. Elway likes him at five. Well, yeah, like, like yeah. what? But it was, he was oh, the guy yeah. that people thought he could maybe fall because there was this, ooh, he, we think Elway likes him and we've heard Gase likes him, but there was nothing definitive there. So I do think New England probably did their homework. One, because they were like, damn, maybe if he is on the board at 18, let's get a, get a good closer look at the kid yeah. and see what he's like. At the end of the day, what they're really doing is doing what New England always does. And they are gathering inventory. That's what New England does. New England's not even. Information. Exactly. They're not thinking about 2017, 18 Baker Mayfield. They're the kind of organization that goes, damn, he's a first round talent. We haven't been around him at all. We're going to need a quarterback in the next three to four years. Let's get some inventory on what this guy is like in person. Maybe even get a workout so we can have a, when a that, baseline. When that Tom Brady conversation, his career is over, and ha- maybe Cleveland gave up on Baker Mayfield and he's on the street, we know what we're getting. That's how smart they are up there. So people are going crazy. Out of the fact, with the agent doing that, same thing as Malcolm Butler. The agent could say that because he knows Bill Belichick's never going to come out and go, no, that agent's stupid. Right. He's wrong. That's never happened. Uh, we we had him we had him graded as a third round pick. Yeah. I mean, that's not going to happen. New the England doesn't guy, do that. So they're the yeah. easiest team to say that to because Bill's not going to give the media the time of day anything. to set the record straight. He doesn't care what you say. Go ahead, whatever. I would use so the Patriots perfect. for everything. Exactly. I'd be like, Bill Belichick loves Darius right. guys. Right. Like he's never going to get on Malcolm never. Butler. Malcolm Butler broke a rule with the team. He's just—he's not going to make it public, and no. Malcolm could say he's innocent all he wants. Bill's just going to let it go on, and he's not going to say that. It's just the way Bill goes. I don't know if you do Lefko's PR for agents, but wouldn't it have been smarter for the agent to plant this anonymously, use the media, have them attribute it to an anonymous source no. instead of Baker's no, agent? You're messing up. Yeah, because tell me now why. that his guy's been drafted number one, yep. now he's a power agent. Now he's trying okay. to get guys for next year. He has to build up his name, just like Jordan Palmer does. Look, a few years ago, who was the quarterback guy that we all knew? George Whitfield. Yeah. Johnny Manziel didn't pan out. George Whitfield fell off. Jordan Palmer, it's name recognition. So the agent's in it for himself. Jordan Palmer, there's a reason why Jordan Palmer is handing the ball to Josh Allen before every throw. Because he's, he's building on camera, his brand. Yeah. Building his brand. This agent is trying to get other top guys and going, Man, I can get you the Patriots. I can get you in there. I got Johnny Manziel yeah. number one. He's dealer. got to build his name. I only wrote down his agent because I don't play that game. Well, because I, I know what PR I, you're trying to get. I honestly thought too, like it, you know, this is like yeah, it benefits him and his client, of course, and Baker Mayfield. I also thought just with the, with the Cleveland and the Alonzo Highsmith, you know, press conference. What, that, I almost out? it made me think like, man, did Cleveland call Baker Mayfield's agent too to make sure he goes around and spread some of these things because of the backlash that Baker was the number one pick and yeah. all that? So, Look, they need to win yeah. over the fan base. Right. Uh, we kind of felt a little bit about this, and I'm just gonna we're gonna take you behind the curtain here for Sims and Lefko. We talked about the Arizona Cardinals actually wanting Josh Allen instead of Josh Rosen. Uh, Bleacher Report pushed it out a little bit, and your first thought was, I'm not a really big fan of this because I don't want to hurt Josh Rosen. Yeah. The true thing is, is if Josh Rosen plays pretty well, that's all that matters. Yes. It's got to be a little bit weird to know that you're going to a team that didn't want you first, right. but you kind of felt bad because, you know, we I like Josh Rosen. I we like love Josh. He was my second favorite quarterback in the draft. I was just telling you something that I knew that went on in the NFL. I mean, that's, that's all I was trying to say. Josh Rosen certainly has all the tools to be successful. Yes, we know that. It's the crappy part of the job. Like, yeah, but, uh, to, again, peel the curtain back, when Josh said social's going to push this quote and say that, 
I mean, my reaction was like, okay. Like, I mean, I know that's the, the price of doing business. That's what we do. But it does make me feel bad because I don't want to take a shot. at. It's not a shot at Josh Rosen. No, not at all. You know, and again, too, what, what like, to me, and I also think with Josh Rosen, like, hey, listen, you're not the only guy in the locker room that you weren't the first choice that they right. wanted. You can still pan out, be the guy, whatever it like is. Like even David Johnson. doesn't matter, right. The Arizona Cardinals, it's on the All or Nothing series. Yes. They wanted Amir Abdullah. Right. And they couldn't get him because so, Detroit. So like even Dave it. Johnson, the best player on the team, was not wanted right. by the Cardinals. Gruden, doesn't mean that Gruden you're not Gruden told me he kind of wanted Ken Dorsey. He like he basically we were out Damn. having a private workout with he just like it was an off season spring we had done OTAs and it was a day I was in there and I had found out from the team itself that basically Gruden didn't draft me that Rich McKay drafted me he was running the draft and he did it and Gruden we were kind of out there one day and he was basically first of all he was complimenting me too because uh, th- this was at the time period where they were going holy shit Chris is. Kind of good, and I'm not trying to pat myself on He's the back. He's got a 90 throwing but arm saying, and an 84 right, throwing exactly, 84 right. speed, but he'll exactly get up there. Right, right. And I made some throws in our first OTAs where, like, you know, got, veterans were, you know, waxing poetically. So now he's you out there having a, a workout. I broke. I did all that, right. And, I like, one of my first completions ever was, like, a 20-yard out route on John Lynch. And he was – this is the post-Super Bowl, you know, bucks. They didn't want any completions on them in practice. And I made a few great throws. And, man, John Lynch, I can remember coming off the field, like, what did you see? Why did you throw that? I can't can't believe you threw that. I was in the right position. And and you've been up against Brad Johnson for the last two years. <laughs> but but so Gruden was at this point going like I basically you're out in the field and I was hitting garbage cans. That was part of my I would stack garbage cans. He would throw me through reeds. Yeah. I'd have to hit the garbage cans. And he was kind of like, man, who man, on target, on target, good throw, on throw. And then we just started having a man talk, and he's like, you know, I kind of wanted Ken Dorsey, just because I thought he was smart and things like that. And he showed me. I was like, oh, he wanted Ken Dorsey more than me. I mean, I'm on to be like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Did you see Ken Dorsey? <laughs> Ken Dorsey, man. What was he, like 33-1? and one, yes. Something like that? I mean, that is, one, that is one decision I will always look back at and go, damn, I should have gone to the U. <laughs> Were you in the same high school recruiting class, too? I mean, he went to Miami because I took Miami off the list. I mean, I, Why'd you take Miami off the list? I just... I couldn't when I went to Miami. I was excited. Like Miami, the it's U. Miami. I grew up with the U. Right, with the greatest assemblance Sap, of talents. Ray ever. Lewis, all, Michael Irvin. When I was eight and twelve, those they have the, beat Ohio State if they, you were the quarterback. Uh, but, but so, and it's the U. But uh, I go into Butch Davis' office. He's got a jersey with my name and number on. It. I mean, they were oof. Spits into a jar. I'm watching the spring practice practice, and I'm like, damn, who is this running back? Me and my dad, I can still remember. We look at each other and go. Who the hell is that? The first play of full live contact. Let's Running guess. Blew it open. No, it's either going to be Frank or Willis McGee or Clinton Portis. I'm going to go. Of the, none of the above. You're missing somebody else gigantic. You're missing somebody else gigantic. Better than all those guys. You're forgetting. Jamal Lewis? No, I don't know. No, you're really forgetting. Frank Gore, Clinton Portis, Willis McGee, he, and they did have four. Edgerin James? Oh. oh. So, the fourth, fourth pick in the NFL draft. He bust through the line of scrimmage on the first play of the scrimmage, and he ran somebody over. Me and my dad looked at each other, and I was like, "Holy sh!" I was like, "Who is this guy?" <laughs> and but I didn't go because it's not the total college atmosphere there. Miami, especially at that time, like their facilities are really not. It was that the good. old Orange Bowl, old facilities, and really they only get a huge crowd when they play the Florida States of the world, the big games. But like when Boston College comes down, the Orange Bowl would be like twenty thousand people. Yeah, and I was if like, that, damn. I mean, my spring game at Texas is going to get you know 50, forty thousand. So what, what? That doesn't make sense. Yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't swallow that pill. 
It's interesting. I don't yeah. know if you'd be a good Miami guy. I think Texas was the right. That was the right spot for you. you. Think I would have been in trouble. Nah, yeah, I don't know if it would have worked. <laughs> I don't know if you'd South be good Beach. That. You have a South face Beach. tat. <laughs> All right, they we're not doing a U right now. We're not doing a U. Hey. Save the U questions for later, all right? We're not doing a U. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, uh, do we have anything else to talk yeah, about? Yeah, we have a lot of stuff yeah, to talk you, about. Yeah, you still trying to make that 5.30 train? No, we're not. not it's not, not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to say that with all these quarterbacks and all that, my quarterback, Carson Wentz, you know what he did? Right. Donating half a million dollars to Haiti right. to bring lights and Wi-Fi and sports fields. So at least you have one good role model. Now talk about the other role model in your life that's not so good. Kanye West. Oh, you want to go there right oh, now? I really, I don't want to do ding, this. Ding, ding. I don't want to do this at all. I don't want to do it too much I either. Know. I just, I'm just annoyed by him. That's all I can say. This either. is all what right. I'm going to say. Let's really save it quick. for another podcast. Okay, we'll save it. Hey, we'll tease it. If the, if you, if the, can we, can we give that an unedited uh, Kanye? A bleacher report. Sims thinks that Kanye is the dumbest person ever, and he hates all of what he stands for. And I am trying to reason. I and don't understand. think he's the dumbest person ever. I'm trying but. to reason what Kanye is trying to say because I don't find him to be an efficient communicator, and I see it because I think that I'm a little crazy too, and I think that I resonated with. It, but I understand why he's making people so uncomfortable and upsetting so many people. But I also see what he's trying to accomplish. So Blake Bortles, the 70th ranked. Quarterback. Whatever. I don't even want to NFL. talk about it. Forget it. I'm, I feel like I got a muzzle on. Forget it. Don't worry. Um, do you think? Good. I'm glad that's how you feel. Those are my intentions. Uh, two people that are not with a team right now, and two different reasons why I think they're not with a team. Mm-hmm. One is Des Bryant. Uh, Dallas executive came out and said he couldn't win one on ones anymore. Right. Do you think Des is actually going to get signed to a team, and is it going to take like a training camp? Like injury, or do you think teams are looking at their wide receiving core? Like, I don't see any buzz right now for Dez. No, there's not going to be buzz. I think Baltimore be, was the one team, right? Baltimore was the one team. I, I think there's teams out there that are certainly got the, got him on their board, but they're going to go through the first OTAs and maybe a mini camp to and go. See, we need. Something. Let me see. Is this second year receiver? I'm still be rooting on think? Cincinnati. That's my that's my wild card. I know. You know, when you think about it, who could it be? Right. I mean, pull I just the think, teams, pull the teams. Yeah, Arizona, Baltimore, Arizona, Green Bay. Yeah, Green Bay is certainly not a team. Baltimore. Excuse me, Arizona, Cincinnati, Green Bay. Uh, I don't really know who else needs a wide receiver that bad. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're bringing them in Indianapolis. No. It's got to be a certain type of culture. I know. Like the Tennessee Titans, I can't think of them doing it either. They could either. Martellus Ben and I saw tweeted out, why is he not getting a chance as like an Anquan Bolden role? Like right. a nice, tough slot receiver. Because he's never shown the ability to run and run those type of routes or be a slot guy to this point. Is I think that that's because a, of the offense, the option offense they ran in Dallas? It is, definitely. And he, and because at his time, in his prime, he was so gifted, you could just throw him out on one side and basically be like, oh, oh you got covered. We can still throw you a jump ball, whatever it if may be. If they're cushioning too much, stop. Exactly. You, and you'll deep. make people miss whatever yes uh but the the scout that you i mean i know we talked about this that is the number one problem that with des bryant his we've been saying it for two years yeah he can't be one-on-one consistently his ability to scare corners with the go route which is so important on an outside receiver does not exist so when you're not scared of the go route as a corner yeah you just go oh i'm gonna stay on his hip because i'm not worried about him running by me and that allows the corner to sit on the shorter stuff the other guy that doesn't have a team right now is eric reed safety former safety from the 
San Francisco 49ers. Um, and he has just filed a collusion case. He is getting the same age, uh, same lawyer as Kaepernick has because he's saying that the teams in the NFL are colluding against him, uh, which really means that um, adopting a coordinated approach to shun a player who was deemed bad for business because of their role uh, in the protests. Agreed with everything except the coordinated approach. That's the one thing I can't sign off with him on. It's going to be interesting because it's very well documented. He went to the Bengals. Yep. The Bengals said, will you stop protesting? He right. said, I can't guarantee that. And they said, we're not offering you a right. deal. Right. But the true thing is, is in a business... Does that count as a coordinated approach? You know, that's what no, I'm, the I'm asking. No, the coordinated approach right? has to be like Cincinnati called Baltimore and Baltimore called Seattle and right. said, we're not, we're all not going to sign up. Yeah, right. Okay, good. That's yeah. why they got all the lawyers, they got all like the phone records and stuff from all the teams. Yes. You know what I mean? I, I just have a hard time thinking that the owners would be ever dumb enough if those conversations did happen to put them on text or make phone calls. Uh and I really don't think the conversations has happened because I think you have a bunch of, you know, billionaires who own a football team who the bottom line is their money. And they look at those guys and just go, damn, I'm scared that that's going to hurt my money. Should Eric Reed be on a team? Definitely. He's a starting NFL safety. He's not like one of the best. But he's definitely should be one of the two starting safeties on the 32 NFL. He's definitely one of the 64 best safeties in the sport. Uh, I'm sure teams are going to go to camp. They're going to look at their safeties, and then they're going to think about it. Yes. Could getting the same uh, lawyer as Kaepernick prevent him from getting on a team? Yeah, it could. Yeah, I don't think that's going to help him in this case because I think it just, they're going to lump them together in the same thought process and go, "Oh, this is a distraction." Yeah. This is uh, we're going to ask. We're going to have to answer questions about you know the social wrongnesses of the world. How right. dare we? Uh, and I'm just going to end it with this discussion. This is your man, Mike Florio. I don't know who wrote the article on Pro Football Talk, but in the article it said, because of his role in the anthem protests, I've talked about this with our quality control department, Mm -hmm. and I would like everyone to understand why that sentence is so scary. He was not protesting the anthem. I understand that it's like a hashtag. It's like calling it deflate gate. Yeah. We're calling it anthem protest. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Right. These guys were never protesting the anthem. They were doing their protest during the anthem. They're two different things. Yep. And if you go, yeah, 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 it's semantics, then I'm going to go, yeah, 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 yeah. You're putting things onto people that didn't actually happen. That's just when I read things, yeah. I go, learn how to use your words because you're putting a problem on someone that shouldn't actually exist. Exactly right. Well said. Thank you. Thank and, you. And uh, Florio is totally for the fight. Just so, right. just I don't want to throw him under the bus or anything. He's I, totally for the fight. I just think it's kind of understanding the way that words go. Right. Right. Uh, one last big left go point that I'm seeing. I think that the NFL looked at the NBA and they saw the way that the NBA was globalizing their sport. Mm-hmm. And the NFL said, all right, we got to go to Mexico. We got to go to London. We're going to start there. I had someone on Instagram DM saying, why don't they ever have games in Hawaii? There's no monetary gain in Hawaii. They've been in Hawaii. They've tried to get the sport big there. They need to go south to uh, Mexico and to Mexican-Americans that live in, Amer- in uh, North America, United States, and then also London because they got to figure out a way to get to Europe which they could have just kept NFL Europe going all those years, really. But what I'm noticing right now is the NFL 
is trying to monetize London, where I feel like before they were trying to spread in London. And there's a few things that's making me think that. One, the London Games tickets went on sale and were sold out the next day. It's led to an uproar in a lot of European NFL fans because they were unable to buy tickets. And when they, so and, who bought them? And the NFL went, well, what do you mean? They just That's how popular our product is. On second... Uh, I'm trying to, I don't want to say this incorrectly. On second sites, all the tickets have popped back up with much higher ticket prices. So either the uh, the um, uh, United States fans are buying it and reselling it back to London fans, or the NFL is a part of this somehow. That's what's being accused right now from a number of writers in London. But from what I'm seeing and what I'm reading is a lot of fans in Europe and in London are going, you're going to charge us 700 pounds to go to this random game between the Eagles and Jaguars when I'm a Bills fan and for 700 pounds I can get a flight and a ticket in Buffalo it's just it's very interesting what's happening right now and then when you couple it with the fact that Shad Khan's come out recently yeah. Shad Khan the owner of the Jaguars is trying to buy part of Wembley Stadium and his argument is look Everyone wants to be in London. I just think that I should get a part of this because I've been with the Jaguars and we're trying to be there. Shad Khan is trying to make money right now, Mm -hmm. and he's trying to get this done. And um, he told the BBC that if he owns the Wembley, he's going to try and push for bigger events, including the Super Bowl. Just like Baker Mayfield's agent. He's not trying to get the Super Bowl there. This man is looking at Jacksonville going, if you're going to force me to go to London, then I need real estate in London. The the NFL, the biggest problem, I go back to what Mark Cuban said a few years ago, pigs get fat and hogs get slaughtered. The NFL is not okay with just expanding into the rest of the world just to expand. They're trying to get their money back already. And I think it's going to alienate a lot of those fans out there and ruin a lot of the good-natured spreading that they've been doing. And I'm just seeing something that I think is going to happen in the future because when you start asking for money back, it's a problem. You need to allow time to grow. And I don't think the NFL will allow time to grow. Just something I'm seeing with a lot of like strings being pulled. Yeah, well, I mean, I was all over the place you weren't all over the place. I, I didn't know anything about that subject, and you explained it to me to where I have questions. I mean, first of all, with the ticket, like the ticket companies, do they have like computer programs that can just buy these things up, like on the internet, so I know, quickly that people I know can't that even that's click? That's the case with a lot of big shoe releases. Right. I get compl- complaints from everyone here when a new Nike or a new Yeezy or a new Jordan comes out. They're sold yeah, out, right. and then I go on Instagram yeah. and I see a kid with seven hundred pairs right. because they have bots that they buy that do all this. Would not be surprising. I just know that the retail sites, they're, they're up in the price 500 pounds a ticket, and then the real yeah, fans there are going, up, I'm right. not paying for yeah, this. Yeah, they shouldn't. That's It's messed up. I, I don't like that. And man, we need to police the internet. Holy crap. That's, that's bad. Um, so that is an example of following the money, but I want to give two examples of following what you love. First is, um, Arian Foster is a musician. Yes. And his name is Bobby Fino. And I watched an entire like documentary on title about him. And we saw I saw some Bleacher Report employees like Christina Tapper in like a listening party with like Jesus and Miro. And I said, let me check out this guy's album. Dude, blew me away. Yeah. Bobby Fino, he has a line on one of the songs where he's like, I'm 29 and I don't gotta be an inmate or something like that. And I thought it was a shot at Bob McNair and the Texans. But just check out Bobby Fino. I came away very impressed. Uh, the other thing is an iTunes comment that I found that kind of got me a little emotional since. Ugh. 
Uh, this is from FVIOL743, Do Work to Get Work. Good emotional or bad emotional? Good. Okay. Hey, guys, been a dedicated listener for the last year. Absolutely love the podcast. I look forward to listening to you guys on the way to work every Tuesday and Thursday. I just want to take a quick second to thank Adam for something he said on the pod. A few months ago, you mentioned getting inundated with emails and DMs asking if you call people and speak with them about how they can get into the business. What you said next helped me get my dream job. You said that if you want somebody help bring something to the table. Do some work ahead of time. I had an interview the next week, so I started grinding. I spent maybe six hours creating materials for my interview. I walked in there, destroyed the interview, and on my way out, I left them my materials that I created. They called me the next day and offered me the job. Just to put this into context, I graduated in December with my master's in school counseling. To get a job in this field in Pennsylvania is extremely difficult with no experience, yet they gave me the job. I attribute this to your advice, so thank you so much. Keep doing what you're doing. You guys are awesome. Good job. We're getting people paid. Yeah. We're getting people jobs. And now we're going to have a party at Phil's house, and it's going to be awesome. So you're you're me, awesome, man. I mean, listen, that was great good. advice. Other than you supporting Kanye, you're awesome. Uh, other than that, you're that's a, just a, that's a chink on your armor. Sorry, he's you uh, don't check all the boxes for me. He's the best musician in the last twenty years. He's a great musician, right? Yeah, I have a like for me. I I kind of go like this. It's like everyone's like, oh, Belichick's a he's so mean and he's so ruthless. He doesn't care about anybody and all that stuff. And it's like to create great things, you really need to not care about anybody. And I've I've kind of I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if there, I agree, there but are, I understand there are, that I, a lot of great people who have done great yes. things were able to you're block right, out right. people. You do, not everyone has to do that. Right. But I've, you know, Steve Jobs was like completely ruthless. I get it. He didn't have mm-hmm. to be like that. Yeah. But I think when you get that big and you're above 30,000 feet and the air gets thinner and you look down at a lot of people, you kind of go, you don't understand what it takes to get to this level. I get And that. I think you get separated from humans. And so what upsets regular humans, you don't even comprehend anymore because you're like, it doesn't make sense. I Who know. cares? I know. I just don't. I don't think he reads the news. That's my only. Oh, problem. I think so too. <laughs> All right, so the Kanye special will be coming soon. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, thank you to Boomer and uh, Phil yep. Sims for coming yep. in. We are going to be having uh, possibly some guests next week that are very cool, uh, and we're just going to keep it going. So keep hitting us up on social. Keep making the conversation fun for Sims. Just, out just end the show. Peace out, homies. For Fendrick. Good evening, everybody. <laughs> and for the LEFKOE. Man. Thank you, guys. As always, uh, thank Good you for following evening. us. Follow us on, on Instagram, at SimpsonLuffco, Twitter. Subscribe on iTunes and YouTube. Share, share, share. Like, like, like. All that nonsense. Love you guys so much. We're going to keep kicking ass. We'll see you next week. Peace.